Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the October edition of One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program. This is the only monthly compliance program focusing on a different subject, taking a deep dive so that it will help you have a more effective compliance program. This month, I will be talking about One Month to More Effective Compliance for Business Ventures. But first, a word from this month's sponsor, the Volkoff Law Group. Hi, I'm Mike Volkoff of the Volkoff Law Group and proud sponsor of this month's podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested in the company, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. The Volkoff Law Group specializes in corporate compliance, internal investigations, and white-collar defense. We are your partners in our joint mission of building an effective ethical culture for your company. Our 10 years experience shows that business cultures can change. We are committed to work with you to achieve an ethical culture in your company. We address your company's anti-corruption, antitrust, trade and sanctions, anti-money laundering, and other regulatory and legal risks. We do this through practical guidance that your company can easily implement. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our new podcast series of the same name. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your goals. Thank you, Michael. In this month's series, we will take a look at the role of compliance in mergers and acquisitions, the role of compliance in joint ventures, in joint venture agreements, distributorships, franchises, teaming agreements, partnerships, as well as other types of business relationships. At the end of October, you have an excellent grounding in what you need to do for a business venture under the FCPA. My one-month series of One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program running through 2017 is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day two, key mergers and acquisitions cases under the FCPA. Today, I want to consider some of the key FCPA enforcement actions involving mergers and acquisitions. I think this is important because it's something that will come up with your senior leadership team, your executive leadership team, or those business unit folks who may not understand how FUBARs in the M&A space have led to some significant FCPA enforcement actions. These cases and the 2012 guidance have made clear that the Justice Department and SEC will vigorously prosecute companies which allow bribery and corruption to continue after a merger or purchase occurs. The key point to remember is that if a company was engaging in bribery and corruption before it was acquired and continues to do so after the transaction is completed, it is now you that are engaging in bribery and corruption and not them. So what are some of the key cases? Well, it started with Syncor International Corporation in 2002. 
The allegations were that Cardinal Health acquired Syncor, a, ra- a radio pharmaceutical company based in California. Between 1997 and 2002, Syncor's Taiwanese subsidiary made improper commission payments totaling 344000 to physicians who were employed by state-owned hospitals to influence the doctor's decision to buy Syncor products. Another 600000 in corrupt payments was made through subsidiaries in Mexico, Belgium, Luxembourg, and France. All payments were authorized by and with the knowledge of and the indeed approval of Syncor's founder and chairman. Penalties included a $2 million fine, uh, an additional $500,000 civil penalty, civil penalty, and three years to supervise probation. So what are the key lessons learned from the Syncourt case? This was the first time the Department of Justice charged a foreign company under the 1998 amendments to the FCPA for acts taking place in the United States. So here we had Syncourt's Taiwanese subsidiary engaging in acts approved by Syncourt's founder and chairman. Parent liability established through a foreign subsidiary's books and records and employees of a state-owned entity, are in, uh, which are instrumentalities of a government. It also showed that government investigations can slow the closing of a corporate merger and acquisition transactions as the acquisition by Cardinal Health was delayed until the investigation was concluded and agreements struck with the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission. The acquirer bought Syncor for a lower price than was originally negotiated due to the FCPA violations. The second case was Titan Corporation from 2005. The allegations involved, the, uh, or rather the case involved, the acquisition of Titan Corporation by Lockheed, Martin Marietta. Perhaps most importantly, the acquisition ultimately failed, and that's the uh, key lesson. Nevertheless, Titan uh, employed a consultant and paid $3.5 million to a known business associate of the president of Benin. Of the $3.5 million paid to the advisor, approximately $2 million were indirect contributions to the president's re-election campaign. At the direction of a Titan senior official, at least two payments of $500,000 each were wired from Titan's bank account in the United States to the agent's account in Monaco. The remaining payments were made to the agent in cash, the old-fashioned way. Payments were characterized on Titan's books and records as social program payments that were required by its contract with the government. The company also falsified documents to enable agents and uh, to underreport local commission payments in Nepal, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka. Titan falsely reported to the U.S. government commission payments on its equipment exported to Sri Lanka, France, and Japan. In the penalty phase, Titan agreed to substantive violations of the FCPA's books and records provisions, as well as a tax violation, was sentenced to three years supervised probation, ordered to pay a $13 million fine. The SEC's alleged violations included books and records as well. Titan agreed to pay the SEC an additional $15.5 million in disgorgement and prejudgment interest. Titan was required uh, to retain an independent monitor, consultant to review the compliance procedures and to adopt its recommendations. Finally, the SEC issued a 21A report criticizing Titan's proxy statement for incorporating what it deemed false FCPA reps and warranties. And indeed, most importantly, the acquisition by Lockheed Martin ultimately failed.
So what are some of the key lessons learned from the Titan case? Some of the basic tenets of a compliance program were laid out in this enforcement action. It included that a company must conduct meaningful due diligence with respect to foreign agents and consultants and must ensure that the services alleged to have been provided, excuse me, performed were actually provided. Internal controls must be designed to protect red detect red flags, such as offshore payments and inconsistent invoices. From the mergers and acquisitions perspective, reps and warranties in a merger agreement must be accurate or qualified when included in a proxy statement. There can be an additional uh, risk of prosecution under other laws, such as ITAR, possible suspension of export privileges, and possible tax exposure, and of course, debarment. Ultimately, and most importantly, from the business perspective, the merger failed when Titan was unable to meet its contractual obligations to settle with the U.S. government in a certain time. And finally, the Latin node case. Of all the cases uh, in the m and context, this is probably the most significant one, although the monetary amount now fails, uh, excuse me, pales compared to the fines and penalties and indeed uh, the largest FCPA fine in the history of the world ever came out last week, as I'm recording this, the Tilia Company case. Nevertheless, the significance of Latin Node cannot be uh, understated. In 2007, E-Landia acquired Latin Node, which provided wholesale to communication services to several developing companies by leasing lines from local phone companies. The purchase price was $20 million. In August 2007, during post-acquisition financial integration review, Elandia discovered evidence that Latinode had paid approximately $2.25 million in bribes to Honduran and Yemeni government officials between 2004 and 2007. Subsequently, Elandia voluntarily reported these payments to the Department of Justice, eventually paying a $2 million fine and placing Latinode into bankruptcy and thereby losing its entire investment. Latinode, uh, as in the penalty phase, Latinode pled guilty to a one count of criminal information as part of its plea agreement with the government. Under the agreement, Latinode agreed to pay a $2 million criminal fine, a special $400 assessment, note that amount, and agreed to continue its cooperation with the government. Four Latinode executives were charged with criminal conduct for their actions, and they all ended up pleading guilty. But the key lessons learned were really uh, the most significant uh, because Latinode was the first FCPA enforcement case based entirely on pre-acquisition conduct, which was not known to the buyer when the transaction closed. The buyer's entire $22 million investment in Latinode was wiped out due to the inflated price of corruption and the investigation cost. All of this demonstrates the need for rigorous pre-acquisition due diligence in addition to post-acquisition integration. You simply can't clean up a corrupt company in post-acquisition integration. It also exposed the Latin note individuals to the possibility of real time, real jail time for their actions. There have been several MA cases since the Latin Node case, but they the model was set for the uh, these three cases set the model for the Department of Justice's prosecution going forward. Every compliance practitioner should be aware of these cases and communicate to management that one of the most well-settled areas of FCPA enforcement is around mergers and acquisitions. Simply put, if you do not engage an appropriate level of pre-acquisition due diligence and there continues to be ongoing bribery and corruption after you acquire an entity, your company will bear the brunt of any prosecution. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, FCPA enforcement in the M&A space is one of the most well-settled areas of law. Two, 
Failure to perform pre-acquisition due diligence can significantly devalue a purchased asset. And three, always remember that if bribery continues after an acquisition, it is no longer them who are engaging in bribery and corruption, but it is now you. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to day two of one month to more effective compliance for business ventures, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day three. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to More Effective Compliance for Business Ventures, and I hope you will join me again. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate the podcast as it would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the only daily podcast which will bring you a more effective compliance program. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Once again, thanks to this month's sponsor, Mike Volkoff at the Volkoff Law Group. The podcast series, One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Please join us again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.